Blog Talk Radio. Listening to the LC and Jack Radio Show live from New York. And now, here are your hosts, LC and Jack. March 30th, 2010. You are tuned in to another edition of the LC and Jack Radio Show. Up close and personal urban talk radio. I'm Jack. My partner is LC. However, LC will not be on with us tonight due to a prior commitment. But Kim is here to assist me in holding it down for you. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Tonight's show is being brought to you by Kurt the Barbara, 631-767-2411. Kurt will have you ready and looking good for the weekend. So give him a call now. Again, his number is 631-767-2411. To advertise with us right here on the LC and Jack Radio Show at our new home, Block Talk Radio, you can give us a call. Our office number is 631-664-4452, or send us an email at lcandjack at gmail.com. You can also make contact with us by visiting us on our website, and that is www.lcandjack.com. Now, if you'd like to join in the discussion tonight, then certainly you can pick up the phone and call 347-843-4738 to be a part of the LC and Jack radio show. Tonight, once again, that number is 347-843-4738. And as I said at the outset of the broadcast, LC is tied up tonight with a prior commitment, so... I'm going to attempt to hold it down with Trusty Kim, and hopefully she is on the line with us at this time. Hi, Kim. Are you there? I'm here. Good evening. How are you? I'm well, and how are you? Pretty good. Thank you, Kim. It's always a pleasure to spend a few minutes with you each and every Tuesday here on the Elsie and Jack radio show. I feel the same way, Jack. Sounds good. So how was your week thus far since we spoke last, actually last Tuesday? Well, it's been a little busy and hectic, but busy and hectic is good, right? I guess so. I mean, there's nothing like uh, being idle. You know, you got to kind of go crazy when you're idle. So excellent, excellent. You're being, right. Uh, being busy is better. And how's your week? Pretty good. You know, I, I happened to uh, come across an interesting program last night. I was spending some time with uh, with my son, and we were sort of flipping through some channels. It was pretty late at night, and came across came across some programming that had to do with sightings and UFOs. And uh, my son says to me, Daddy, do you believe in that stuff? What do you think about that stuff? And I aptly said, Son, I don't know. I just think that the universe is too large for us to be the only game in town. Now, having said that, uh, it did indicate to him that I've never seen anything out there in the sky, uh, with the exception of a shooting star or two when I was younger. <laughs> But he's never seen one, and I guess that's something that we'll have to uh, look for uh, this summer. But uh, I found it very interesting, and as I um, I, I did some more, um, as, actually as I was working today, doing some, some things earlier today working, I had come across some other things that sort of reminded me of the program that I saw last night. So uh-huh. I wanted to ask you this very evening, Kim, if you've ever had an experience with uh, a sighting or two. 
Well, I've never personally had a UFO sighting, but I think it's a fascinating topic. And I think um, that people who report them um, clearly have seen some type of object um, or objects um, in the air, in the sky. And um, I take those types of reports very seriously, primarily because, you know, we are miracles ourselves, the fact that we have life, and so it's not beyond the realm of thinking that there's life elsewhere in this vast universe of ours. And so I always think about it in that perspective. Sorry about that, Kim. That's okay. You're you, you making light of Kim, Kim's no, commentary? No, not, at, not at all. As some of our listeners may know, we have, uh, in the last couple of weeks, relocated to blogtalkradio.com, and we are happy to be here, but we are still working out some of the kinks associated with a new residence. So forgive me for that, uh, Kim. Um, but I did want to mention the uh, program that uh, we heard a little bit about, um, or actually an event that we heard a little bit about last night, was something called Phoenix Lights. And apparently on March 13th, back in 1997, there were hundreds and hundreds of uh, people who say that they saw a series of lights in the sky hovering over Phoenix, Mm -hmm. triangular-shaped, approximately uh, six lights or so. There are different reports. But nonetheless, hundreds and hundreds of people have claimed to have seen uh, these lights and how would you explain something like that? I mean, can it be a hoax? Can that many people sort of be in on a hoax, or do you really think those people actually saw something? Well, you know, my understanding of the Phoenix light uh, incident is that there were lights seen over Arizona, Nevada, and New Mexico. And, I mean, that's a huge um, area. There's a lot of open land. Um, you know, Obviously, there are military bases in that vicinity. I think it's fascinating. And, you know, I would be curious to know how it is that people in that wide range of area saw the same thing. And, you know, I I don't think that you can just explain something like that away. I think you have to, to look at a situation like that over that large of an area and take it seriously. Right. Now, Kim, didn't you spend some time in that part of the country? I have spent some time in that part of the country, and, you know, UFOs are a popular topic, and, you know, people talk about, you know, um, seeing UFOs and, um, you know, alien sightings and, um, you know, the um, the Area 51 in Nevada. So, right. you know, it's, Again, for me, the phenomenon is I take it very serious because thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, you know, can't be um, out of their mind. You know, I don't even like to use the word crazy. I mean, they're clearly seeing, hearing, feeling something, and I think you have to to take that serious. Right. I, I don't know that... that um... I'm totally on board with the alien thing. I guess I'm not there just yet. 
of the lights in the sky or some sort of um, phenomenon happening in the sky, I guess I can I can be a little more open to that, being that mm-hmm. it's a big sky out there, and uh, it must really be a beautiful country at night. Uh, oh, it's gorgeous. It is. I mean, and there, you know, obviously the Grand Canyon is in, in that part of the area, but just the mountains and the desert, and um, it's just an extraordinarily beautiful part of the country, and the people are so diverse. You have Native Americans, you have uh, African Americans, you have Caucasians, whites. I mean, it's just a very beautiful, um, scenic-wise, culturally terrific part of the country. So, And it just happens to be an area where there are a lot of UFO sightings. So. Now, in terms of the spiritual side of this discussion, I know that the Native Americans have their stories of mythical-type things. Uh, during your time in that part of the country, did you mm-hmm. come in contact with any Native Americans who had stories to tell of the old days and what certain things mean in terms of symbols or plants or rocks or what have you? Mm-hmm. No, I personally did not. I mean, I, I read a lot about it and I heard people talk about it, but you know, I personally never spoke with someone who conveyed a personal experience with me. Um, you know, I what I always found fascinating about it was that, you know, wh- I always wondered what is it that people were seeing and was there some scientific or was there some military or was there some, some natural explanation for it. But um, also, you know, in terms of, of, of the alien stuff, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of odd. You just hear stories about this stuff and you wonder, you try to fathom, you know, whether it's genuine or not. But, again, you know, I'm not judging anybody. I mean, people Mm -hmm. see what they see, and, you know, when you hear about it, it's just clearly very fascinating. And spiritually, I think people sometimes, um, stories are passed down from generation to generation, so that's what it could be in the Native American culture because they are a very verbal culture and they and they do believe in passing on stories. So that that may be uh, a type of story that's been passed on from generation to generation. Right. I understand that there are some stories in the Bible where people have stated seeing things in the sky whether it was uh, an angel or a chariot or what have you. Um mm-hmm. and not to turn this into a biblical discussion, but how would you interpret that? I mean, were they really seeing would you think that they were really seeing angels in the sky or chariots in the sky, or was do you think it was something else and those were the only words that they could use to describe what they saw? Right. Um, well, I think, you know, when you talk about the Bible UFO connection, you know, it's <clears throat> often been described as um, just that. It's called the Bible, Bible UFO connection, and, you know, supposedly there are vehicles and, and different objects that are described in the Bible um, that make people believe that, you know, people living in biblical times saw UFOs. I mean, I or, or had close encounters or, um, you know, were exposed to sup- supreme beings. You know, my feeling is that, I, you know, I think, um, and I don't want to insult anybody spiritually or religiously, but I think that, you know, God is so magnificent um, that he has a way of showing us miracles in all types of forms. And, you know, I, I don't know that I would say that they were UFOs or some type of, you know, um, 
supreme being, but I just think, you know, that the earth was clearly different during those times. People, human beings were different um, during that time. The makeup of the world was different during that time. So what they saw, you know, could have been, um, you know, just a natural phenomenon during that time of life. You're listening to the Elsie and Jack Radio Show here on Blog Talk Radio. If you'd like to call in tonight to be a part of the discussion, please dial 347-843-4738. Again, that's 347-843-4738. I'm Jack. My partner's LC, but he's not with us tonight. But nonetheless, Kim is here, and we are having a discussion about sightings, whether it's a UFO <laughs> sighting or just something that you can't explain uh, I did not see the movie The Da Vinci Code. Did you see that movie or read the book? I've not. I've not. not. Now, I understand, and I'm speaking on something that I haven't seen, so my information may be less than accurate. However, I, I do understand that this this book, this movie, was supposed to expose some secrets that are supposedly being hidden by the Catholic Church, uh, some things that were supposedly supernatural in nature, that the church did not want the parishioners exposed to. And I believe that part of the uh, story is that the great uh, painter, Da Vinci, may have even tampered with history by creating uh, a hoax or two uh, in his own way to fool the church into thinking that they had some authentic uh, documents uh, or clothing uh, mm-hmm. From from the Holy One, which uh, may or may not be so. I, I guess at this point we'll never know. But supposedly that was the premise of of the book and the movie, and there were some other things in there as well. As I said, I did not see it. Um, so uh, they tried to mix uh, some of that story in with um, they uh, this particular program that we watched last night. They mixed in uh, that with uh, these new allegations that the French government has released some formally classified documents on UFOs to the public indicating that just too many people have seen things and with technology today, cameras and whether it's video or still pictures, people have their own evidence and it's kind of hard now to say, well, that was just a military um, outing or uh, practice drill or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. So they're releasing supposedly thousands and thousands of documents to the public and they're just saying, look, this stuff is real, and um, thus far we haven't been hurt by it, but we can't continue to deny it. What's your take on that, Kim? Well, well, I think I'm, I'm all for sharing um, information like that with everyone so that people can make their own informed decisions. I mean, when you have information, you can take a look at it. You can, um, you know, analyze that with what you already know and make a decision for yourself. And so I think it's, I think that that's a critical step that the information is being released. And I'd be, you know, again, it's very fascinating to me, and I'd be interested to see what those documents say, as I'm sure other people would, because, you know, again, our world is so vast and there are so much we don't know about it. And the universe beyond us, you know, in my opinion, just can't be empty space. And so, you know, I think that this this will, this will be good um, for people to be able to, to read and kind of absorb and, you know, make better, more informed life decisions with. Mm-hmm. Now, when the media seems to report on these 
these sightings and these mm-hmm. uh, stories from eyewitnesses, mm-hmm. they never really seem for it or completely against it. Mm-hmm. Can you explain why newspapers and television stations sort of take that position when it comes to reporting on, on something like this? Oh, definitely. I mean, well, first of all, the role of the media is to present a balanced and objective report. And, you know, they, they, journalists certainly should not be taking a position on any topic unless, you, you know, you're an editorial writer, um, you know, or editorial um, page editor. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, jur- the goal for journalists is to to take the information and report it. And so let's take, for instance, the Phoenix um uh, sightings. I mean, the role would be to say thousands of people saw these lights in the air, and then to talk to the government, um, you know, and then to talk to scientists, and you know, to talk to local officials and and residents in the area, and just to basically put the information out there and let people make their own judgment. I mean, that's the role of the media with all stories, but especially a story like this because it's very sensitive in nature. So. And I hope that that's what's being done with stories like this. Right. Right. There was a piece that I saw. There was a clip on um, one of the uh, popular news venues, and they almost seemed to make fun of it. As though the people were um, less than truthful in their accounts of what happened. Mhm. I'm and, glad you said that. I'm glad you said that because I was going to say. You know, make make no make no mistake. The media is gonna you know poke fun and make fun. I mean, there will be some um, outlets that that do take it and and report it in a totally different light. And you know, like you know, these could have just been stars or you know fireworks, and you know, people think that they're seeing UFOs. I mean, you know, that is the goal. Um, is there some, a financial advantage to doing that? I don't know that there's a financial advantage, but, you know, I think in that respect, um, you know, just in my humble opinion, that someone allowing their judgment to creep into how the story is presented to the public, um, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't take light um, with anybody's um, sightings or opinions on an issue on any issue, but especially this issue. And so to me that's just like somebody's opinion or judgment creeping into the coverage um, when you see a story presented that way. Have you ever had a credible person come to you in the strictest of confidence and say, I want to tell you about something that I saw and tell you a terrific story? Has that ever happened to you? Not about UFOs. I mean, um, and if they had, I, you know, I certainly would have been interested to hear what they saw and, um, you know, where they saw it and who they told about it and how that turned out. I mean, I, I, again, I just, if I were a journalist, that would be a most fascinating story. But no one's ever come to me personally and said that, um, although I've read a lot about it um, before. So um, other stuff, of course, but, you know, not UFO sightings. Right. Apparently in the Phoenix Lights story, there's a woman who is a professional who Mm -hmm. claims that she saw these lights and she 
photographed them and videotaped them and kept her personal footage Mm -hmm. a secret for years. And finally, uh, she was persuaded to release her information, and she eventually went on to, to, um, I believe, create or become part of a documentary, Hmm. as well as uh, she developed a website, and uh, she's speaking and talking about her experiences. But she did say that uh, she did not want to talk about this because she feared that people would think that she was crazy. And she thought, well, here I am, a professional. I believe her husband is professional. They have successful business in the area. They're noted in the community. And yet they saw what they saw and felt if we talk about this, things will change for us uh, dramatically in, in, in our lives, probably uh, for worse, not for better. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, she did come out with her story, released her footage, and her life has changed. And uh, I think she's got a lot more people believing in what she has to say than, than not. Uh, but people, I think, do feel as though they may be ridiculed if they dec- disclose uh, information of that sort. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. They feel like they're going to be ostracized, uh, made fun of, um, and, you know, not taken seriously. And, you know, again, unless you're in a position where you have have seen these lights or, you know, seen um, what you consider to be a UFO, I'm sure it's kind of disconcerting as a person to look up in the sky and see something that you ordinarily would not see there. Mm -hmm. And then to, you know, to try to convey that um, to others, knowing what the repercussions could be, can can be very daunting, you know. Um, So, I, I mean, this woman's story to me is very interesting because, Clearly she did a lot of soul searching before coming to the decision to share it and then, you know, um, also just trying to analyze how it would impact her life. So, um, you know, you makes you wonder how many other people like her are out there. And, you know, did she go back and watch that footage over and over and over again trying to figure out, you know, maybe it's not what she thought it was. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. It's, it's, Kim, that's a difficult subject because I know if I saw something like that, I would probably stand out there forever <laughs> looking right. at uh, trying to figure out what it was. Um, you know, the fact that she thought enough to go and get a video camera and tape it, I mean, she, she clearly was in a, a better mindset than I would because I think I'd just be in shock and awe and would just stand there, you know, staring for a long time trying to figure out, you know, what I was looking at, so... So when you finish the show tonight, if you go outside and see something in the sky, will you report on it on the next edition of the LC and Jack radio show? I definitely would, and I am a sky watcher. I love to look um, up at the sky, especially at night and when the stars are out. And, you know, I've seen my share of shooting stars also. Um, and I like to, to watch the moon as it changes uh, into different phases. So. Uh, I'll I'll be watching more closely now after tonight's discussion, even more closely. And and yeah, if I saw something, I'd definitely share it with our listeners. What's your take on 2012, Kim? Um, I've not watched. Uh, what's your take? I don't really know enough about it. Just uh, that something is supposed to happen, or at least that's what uh, some folks believe. Um, and I just wonder if. Uh, 
when you have theories like that out there, and I believe there was a movie made on 2012, I wonder if that adds to what people may or may not see mm-hmm. when they are looking into the sky at night. I mean, would you say that uh, that type of media can influence what a person sees or, or doesn't see? Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, you look at um, the predictions that people were making, you know, in the year 2000. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people thought the world was going to end, and <laughs> we're here and it's 2010. Right. Um, so, yes, I do think that um, that people pay attention to those types of prophecies and predictions. Um, and try to anticipate whether or not there's going to be a global catastrophe, a change of conscience, or, or, or you know. Um, but I, I think that, you know, no one is able to predict the future and that, you know, our focus as pe- mm-hmm. people ought to be, you know, living the life that we have each day as fully as we can and not trying to anticipate or predict what's going to happen tomorrow because the truth of the matter is we don't know and we can't. Um, so, you know, I, I like I said, I've not seen the movie and not read about the predictions, and generally I don't um, pay attention to, to things like that. You know, I just try to appreciate, you know, my life for, for what it is and, you know, um, really spend time with the people who are close to me um, and who I really care about and try to live a life that I think is going to sustain me today, tomorrow, and in the future. And I think that's really what our our goal and our focus should be. I happen to agree with you, Kim. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight on the LC and Jack radio show. Again, I want to thank you all for listening, tuning in each and every week to hear us talk to you about those things that you want to discuss, and tonight we talked about some things that we wanted to discuss. But nonetheless, it's always a pleasure. Kim, final words for our listeners before we sign off? Well, my prediction um, for you all is that, you know, we will continue to grow as the Elsie and Jack family and that we'll, we'll um, you know, be here to help one another um, grow um, into great individuals. And uh, thanks again for listening tonight, and hopefully we'll talk with you next week. Sounds good. Please tune in again next Tuesday evening, 7.30 p.m., right here on Blog Talk Radio. Once again, you've been listening to the LC and Jack Radio Show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye now. Good night.